Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadi Estates, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745 or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Well, let's go to the book of Psalms 62, 63, and 64. Hallelujah. Psalm 62, begin, um, I'm going to read one verse from each one of these psalms. 62 verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. 63 verse 8, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. 64 verse 10, let the righteous rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart praise him. Uh, I have a thought today that I'm just going to talk with you from for a little bit. What father needs most. What father needs most. And really, we can say what all of us needs most. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word, when it goes forth, will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. Speak now, Lord. For your servants here, grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing correctly, dividing your word and imparting your word with power and authority and inspiration. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name. What, what Father needs most. Amen. Of course, you know, uh, this is Father's Day. And we honor fathers today. Uh, we thank God for, I thank God for my father, my, my, my birth father, my spiritual fathers along the way, along this journey uh, of life and ministry. People have been important in my life. Um, there have been men of God along the way that have poured into my life 
in significant ways along the way. Um, I'll be 62 years old in a couple of months. And that's a long time to be on the face of this earth. I, I received Christ when I was 10 years old, I was baptized when I was 10 years old. And, and I've had experiences with the Lord that have drawn me closer to him along the way. I, I remember significant uh, spiritual experiences with the Lord while I was in college. It changed my life. Uh, experiences in seminary uh, that changed my life. Uh, in college, um, I remember, and I thank the Lord because I'd really forgotten the date, but as I said that, I remember the Thursday night after the fifth Sunday in July in 1975 at Sweet Hope Baptist Church. I remember that night, and I'll never forget that night as long as I live. And I was trying to think about that a few months ago, and I've, and I've forgotten the date, but the Lord just brought that back to my mind. That was a Thursday night after the fifth Sunday in June. I don't know what the man preached. I can't remember the message, but I remember the Holy Ghost. I remember what the Holy Spirit did in me that night after the fifth Sunday in July. After, after, after some time of spiritual reflection, some time of walking with the Lord and, and being challenged in my walk with the Lord, I shared with you, I used to walk, I still like to walk and, 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 and meditate and pray. <clears throat> when I was a, a child, well, not when I was a teenager, you know, we lived in the country, my, my grandmother owned 42 acres of land, and I knew just about every section of that land because I would just walk through the woods. I'd just take long walks through the wood by myself. Nobody knew where I was. I'd just go walking, exploring, but a whole lot of that was spending time with the Lord. I had a cousin that lived across the road from us, and, and he talked about how on Sunday morning he'd just be getting in from the club and, and, and be drinking and have having been drink, drinking and, you know, on, on a high, and he'd hear me going to feed the hogs singing songs. Because when I, whatever I did, you know, there was a spiritual aspect to it. You know, I, I spent time with the Lord. I spent time in the presence of the Lord. And I thank God for my spiritual journey. I thank God for my spiritual journey. Uh, 62 years old in a couple of months. Who, who in here is 40? What man? 40, 41. What man in here? How old are you? 42. Yeah. Come up here. Come here, Dre. You too. How old are you? You 18. Okay. All right. So my son, is stand up with it. I ain't, ain't going to hurt you. <laughs> now, you think about this. I'm 62, so I'm old enough to be his daddy. And this is his son. My son is 22. So they're old enough. He's old enough to be a father married. Father. Amen. So now, this all plays in this message of what daddy needs most. There's nobody in here that's 20 years older than no man that's 20 years older than me. How old are you, Brother Talbot? How old are you? No, you ain't 20 years older than me. 
And Brother Johnson, not 20 years older than me. Just 10 years older than me. Okay. So now I want you to get a picture of something here because there's something about, about what we go through as men that we need to understand. And I shared this with the class this morning. Um, we were talking about the issue came up about marriage. And this is all a part of the message, so y'all pay close attention. Uh, you, 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 you're talking, I'm 62. Uh, I'll be 62 in a couple of months. Um, so my daddy, my daddy would be 90. How old daddy when he died? I don't know. All right. But, but we're not too far removed from the things that have gone on among in black America that has disenfranchised men. Okay, and it made black men feel like we are less, that we are not, that we don't come up to par. Okay, now, now, so I can remember my, my, my daddy saying yes, sir, to teenage white boys. And it really affected me negatively because I was saying this white boy does not Yes, sir, for my daddy, who's old enough to be his granddaddy. And so there are things that happen to us as black men. And we're not too far removed from this. I'm 62. My daddy is old enough to be Tim's great-granddaddy, great-granddaddy, somewhere in there. Now, now you're looking at generations there are things that we have to understand in this process of life and living. We, we come into church and we understand spiritual, spiritual things have to wait. But we don't understand the effects of society on the psyche of men. And if we fail to see that Satan is after and has always been after the male seed, Study your history. Look at Moses and what Pharaoh wanted you to do with Moses. He didn't say kill the females. He said kill the males. Look at what happened with Jesus and what Herod wanted to do with Jesus. Kill all of the male children. Okay, y'all can go somewhere. I just want y'all to get a picture that we're not too far removed and so when we come to this generation who didn't experience what we experienced, okay, and who don't really understand because they've mixed in with the larger society more. And then you get females, come here, Olivia, who is 18. Now, now think about in Bible days, and even with our grandparents, my grandparents, when you were 15 years old, you were old enough to be married. A lot of them got married very young. So then, consequently, you have, you have young ladies that grow up, and they're mixed in with the larger society, and they begin to see things that different from, from what we saw. And think that, you know, everything is hunky-dory, if you want to use that term, in society. 
and everybody is treated equally and everybody has the same opportunity. But don't realize a couple of things that's important for us to realize in this process. That when black men were disenfranchised, the black woman always had more opportunities. So when my, when my daddy had to quit school at fifth grade to go to work, my mama was able to go on and finish high school and even go at least one year of college. So black women have always had more opportunity. All right? More access. So when a woman with more opportunity and more access marries a man who in our psyche has been disenfranchised, and some of that stuff is passed down through the way that we're raised and the things that we're taught, the things that's said among us and around us, and doesn't understand the process, and then get to the point where we have a different generation who totally doesn't understand, and we have a, we have a generation of men here who are experiencing some things but don't fully see because they didn't experience, they didn't grow up experiencing what we experienced, but they know that there's a bit of discrimination, right? There's a bit of being treated differently and feeling differently just because you're black. You got a, you got a caustic mixture here. You got an explosive damaging mixture here of families that, that are trying to come together and are facing all kinds of attacks because sometimes the woman doesn't understand what the man needs. Sometimes the man doesn't understand what he needs himself. So if at this generation there is this caustic mixture, then what happens at this generation, at this generation, where people are trying to mix in with the larger society, and granted, it ought to be so, but you can't legislate love. You can't legislate, legislate justice. You can't, you can't change what's happening on the inside of a person just because you pass a law. So now we got people who are trying to establish families and you got all of these problems that are going on when people don't understand the basic problem and the needs. Now, it, y'all can have a seat. I guess I'll finish my message. It, it, it is uh, historically, women have, have been able to somehow or another feel closer to God and develop, look around you. How many women do you see in this church today compared to the number of men? Now, it can be slightly different when you go to an African society because African men have not gone through what African-American men have gone through. In the society, you think the society does not affect your life, affect the way you think, 
affect the way you see yourself. So there are some things that, 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 that men need, and I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit different from, from the, some of the things that I wrote. I'm going to come back to this. Uh, but one is understanding that there are pressures that you go through that the woman may not necessarily go through as a man. Yeah, we all need to be loved, you know, but sometimes, and, and it's dangerous, listen, it's, it's, it, and I shared this with the class this morning, and I'm, I'm really just talking. I just thought I'd just talk to y'all this morning. But, but if, if a woman marries a man who does not have certain uh, abilities and certain potentials and certain access, but she has, and she has all of these uh, ideals about what she wants out of life and, and how she wants life to be, and, uh, you, know, she, you know, she wants to hobnob with, with society people and you know, have all of this and live in houses that they can't afford and drive cars that they can't afford and, you know, do things that they can't afford. And it's in the man's basic psyche and understanding that I need to take care of my family, but I'm not making the kind of money that I need to take care of my family. And the woman doesn't understand that, but becomes demanding and, 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 and becomes, you know, as, as Minister Bailey said this morning, starts jawjacking. You know, and just starts yep, 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 and always, always condemning, and 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 God forbid that that she gets around other women that will do the same thing and reinforce that. You know, not understanding fully where we've come from and and what we have to do, and 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 not understanding the whole gamut of spiritual warfare that goes on. Uh, that Satan has taken advantage of in society. And, and I'm not trying to paint a picture of poor me, black man. But I want us to understand some things because we're facing a crisis in our society and it's about to tear up some of our homes and some of our families and, and our children are not understanding. Our, 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 if we don't help our girls see and understand, they're going to demand some of the same things from the men that they marry and sometimes you fall in love and you don't think about access. You don't think about, you know, the things that your husband may face on a job, discrimination just because of the color of his skin. Passed over for, for promotions, right, Elder Stowe? Passed over for promotions just because of the color of your skin. Oh, Yes. And how many of our young men are coming out of the prison system with prison records? It doesn't preclude you falling in love and marrying them. But you got to marry them with an understanding that this is a work in progress and it's going to take some time and some effort for me and my husband to get to where we need to be. There's just a whole lot of things that were going on in my mind and in my spirit. And I was in the wire the other day, 
And uh, this man was working out. I guess it was his first time being there. And uh, he was a man who used to be a dentist here in York. And he just began to talk. And I just stopped doing what I was doing and just sat there and listened to him. And sometimes you just have to listen to people. And I just listened to him. And, and then he started quoting these scriptures. And he didn't get all of them. He said, there's one more. He was an older man. He said, there's one more, but I can't quite think of what it is. You know, and those scriptures began to minister to me. And, 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 and I, so I, I looked up what I perceived was the third one because he said Psalm 62, uh, he said Psalm 63 and Psalm 64. So I went back and I read what he was talking about. And, and from that, I began to think about, you know, what do men need? What do men need? What does a father need? Because, you know, yeah, somebody may, you may take your spouse out to dinner today. You may give them a Father's Day card. You may buy them a, a new tool. Uh, you know, uh, you may just say, I love you. But, but there are some basic needs that, that if, 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 if the woman in a man's life is in the right place, listen to me, ladies, you can help your husband get to if you're in the right place. But see, you got to be in the right place. How many of you saw the movie War Room? Oh, wow, more people than I thought. Good. That was a good movie. Now, how many of you women have established a prayer room? Praying for your husband. You pray you ain't got no prayer room, but how many of you pray for your husband? whole house is your prayer room. But, you know, you see the principle of that. Because some things that you're going through, listen, when you read these Psalms, you, you begin to understand the spiritual attacks that David was under. Some came from inside of the family. His own son turned against him. You know, but, but it didn't start with his son turning against him, if you know the history of David, you know, David made some serious mistakes, all right? When all of the kings went to war, David stayed at home. And that's how David got involved with Bathsheba, all right? You know, and David, David didn't admit his sin. God had to point it out to him. David killed Uriah, thank you. And, God, and the punishment for David was, even though the child died, but the other side of it was, God said, the sword shall never depart from your house. So when you, when you read these scriptures, you begin to see the warfare that David was going through in his life. Men, how many of us have faced warfare? I mean, women, how many of you face warfare? Do you think, that's all right. <laughs> do you think that the spiritual warfare, you, that, that, do you think that your husband had a, had a pass in spiritual warfare? No. Had a pass. to mean that, you know, he, couldn't, he didn't have to go through as much as you went through. No. Spiritual warfare is spiritual warfare. You know, and I, I believe that many times the attacks 
among men against men because Satan comes after the male seed. And it's the whole concept of smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And a lot of times we apply that to the church. But think of what happens in your house. What happens in your home if the devil attacks the husband? And, and young ladies, and, and I always say, and I don't mean any harm by saying this, and I really don't, if you sit on me, you understand that I don't mean any harm by this, but, but and hopefully it's to help, and hopefully it will, it, will, it, will, it will speak volumes into the hearts and the minds of our young girls. So you bring a child in this world, and the daddy aim in the home. And the dad is in and out of the child's life. Smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So kill the, the, the shepherd of the house. Every house needs a shepherd. Every house needs a priest. I'm, talking to, I'm supposed to be talking to Christians. You know. And so the devil knows that if, 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 I, if, 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 if I kill the husband, if I, if I destroy the man of the house, if I emasculate the man of the house, listen to me good now, then I'm going to get these children. I'm going to get these children. So that's the man that's in the house. But what about the man that ain't in the house? And then you keep on bringing babies. And there's no man. Yeah, you have to have a man to get him, but like some people feel like I ain't got to keep them to raise them. But you're forgetting and you're not seeing the spiritual dynamics in this process. Because you're not just having children to have children. So the devil, is, is, the devil knows what we don't, what we don't know because he's a seeing one. He's a knowing one. And so he's seeing stuff happening in our homes and in our families. And he's taking advantage of the dynamics that, that, that have happened to us, especially in the United States of America. Men. And when, when spiritual women don't understand this, and they're not warring for their husbands, but they're playing into the hands of the enemy, and they're looking at all of the faults. And yes, we have faults. And they're looking at all of the faults. And you're sitting back saying, what about me? What about my needs? Smite the shepherd. And sometimes wives, women, play into the hands of the enemy of smiting the shepherd. We read where the husband is supposed to love the wife as Christ loved the church 
and gave himself for it. But how many men are spiritually mature enough to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? But you chose the man. You walked down the aisle. You said, I do. And you committed yourself to a contract that's, that means that it ain't going to always be good times. And most of the time, a lot of times, you know, and I've been, I've been counseling folk for a long time, helping people get married for a long time. Most of the time, a lot of times women are, are spiritually there and understand spiritual things more than men do. And sometimes they'll say, I do, when they know they say, should be saying, I don't. Amen. Oh, it's not time yet. And most of the time, a lot of times, it is eros and not agape that is bringing people together. There are not too many people, not too many people, well, I ain't going to say because I don't know about all y'all. But not, you know, you don't meet a whole lot of people today, and probably this will change, who will abstain from sexual involvement before marriage. And I tell people, if you get involved sexually before marriage, you're going to make the wrong decision. Because you're going you're gonna to sense when you should back out, but you say it's, it's going to be okay.